Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Sometimes uh, I can feel flooded. State of emergency declared in Ottawa as protesters hunker down. A blockade halting cross-border traffic on the Ambassador Bridge. Russian troops amassing on the Ukraine border, war games with Belarus and the Russian Navy clogging the Black Sea. Crippling uncertainty about COVID restrictions. And did anyone mention climate emergency? Where's it all headed? It's one of the reasons I'm so grateful for the gift of scripture. Passages we listen to week by week, year by year, that help to center us in the saddle, as one dear colleague liked to put it. Scripture has that way of leading us back to the engine room, back to WRM, what really matters in life as scripture does this morning. During an election cycle, we can expect candidates to drop, trot out their platform, their, their manifesto, their game plan. They give us an idea of what our lives would look like under their leadership. As Ron DeSantis seems to be doing in Florida right now, no doubt with an eye to the Republican primaries. Well, so it is with Jesus in this morning's gospel. Now, he's not running in an election. At the same time, Jesus wants to give his followers, give us, a sense of what really matters in this new order, this new way of being together, this reign that he's both telling people about and bringing about. Luke sets down for us this morning his version of Jesus' manifesto, Jesus' platform. Now, as you may have noticed with Jesus, the message is not only in what he says. It's also in how he goes about saying what he says. This morning's gospel is a case in point. Sometimes our familiarity with a text can obscure just how much it holds out for us. This gospel is remarkable because it not only lays out for us some of the defining features of God's new order, it also speaks to us about how we put into practice these patterns of life which God's Spirit seeks to grow in us. We see how our shared life, our life together at the cathedral, plays its part in the living out of our call to follow Jesus Christ. The beloved Catholic writer on Christian spirituality, Henry Nouwen, 
points to three distinct movements in this story of Jesus' public ministry. What he proposes is that we keep these three movements in balance. And that as we do that, the Spirit empowers us to live Jesus' life today and tomorrow. And that's the stuff that I need to be reminded of when it all seems to be closing in. So let's look at how the story starts. It begins at night. Jesus, we read, went out by himself to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. That's the first movement. Dawn breaks and the morning signals the beginning of the second movement. He called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. There's the second movement. And as the day wears on, the third movement opens. He came down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of disciples was there and a great number of people who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. So there, the third movement. Night, morning, afternoon. Time alone with God, choosing those with whom he'd spend the next three years, and then meeting the needs of those gathered through teaching and healing. Three movements, night, morning, and afternoon. Communion, community, and ministry. And notice the order from communion to community to ministry. The night is for communion with God. The morning for community. The afternoon for ministry. You know, so often in my life I've tended to charge in on my own. If the going gets heavy, I, I might ask others to give me a hand. And if we're really making heavy weather of it, I might pray. In other words, my tendency has been to jump in with ministry. Then when I start to flail, to look around for community, and finally, if we're all spinning our wheels, to pray or to seek communion. Now that would be ministry, community, Communion. Jesus flips that around. First he prays. Then he gathers a community to live out God's mission. And finally that community goes out together to share the good news of God's desire. To heal and restore this beautiful and broken creation that God loves so much. Communion. Before we do anything, it's good simply to be with God and alone with God on the mountaintop. There, there's no substitute. It's a time when we become more familiar with 
who we are as a child of God. We are God's beloved. As Isaiah says to us, we are precious, we are honoured in God's sight and God loves us. So communion, communion with God is a time when the Holy Spirit makes God's words to Jesus Christ our own. You're my son. You're my daughter, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And so communion is a time when we can let those words resonate through our inmost being. Let them percolate through us until they're etched into the very walls of our inner sanctuary. We, we just can't hear those words enough. So often we hear the words, don't we? Prove it. Show me that you measure up. Let's see your contribution. Do something useful. Change these stones into bread. Rule over these nations. Jump off this parapet. How liberating, how, how comforting, how empowering to be able to say, I've got nothing to prove. I'm already loved just as I am. So before we go down to the plane, even before we start teaming up, we need to know who we are. Or rather, whose we are. There's just no substitute for spending time alone on that mountaintop with the author and perfecter of our belovedness. You know, our entire life, our whole life, is simply an opportunity to respond and to keep responding. Yes, I love you too. And so as God helps us to lay hold more fully of this fundamental truth, the essence of our identity as followers of Jesus, we experience greater freedom to be in community with others. Greater freedom then to minister. As we appreciate more deeply how much we are loved, we're able to recognise more fully how our sisters and brothers in the human family are also loved. Now calls this living in the hub. He writes, Sometimes I think of life as a big wagon wheel with many spokes. In the middle is the hub. Often in ministry it looks like we're running around the rim trying to reach everybody. But God says, start in the hub. Live in the hub. Then you'll be connected with all the spokes. And you won't have to run so fast. Communion. Community. Ministry. It's only after spending time alone with God that Jesus then gathers around him those whom he's going to share ministry with. 
That's community. And with his team assembled, Jesus then launches his mission and ministry. A mission and ministry he defines in his manifesto, his, his platform, his vision for life with God at the center. And his vision, as we know, upends any notion of business as usual. Being part of this new order, this new creation, this transformed way of life with each other and with creation means a willingness to see the world as God sees it. Which can be at odds with how our society sees it. Blessed are you who are poor, you who are hungry, you who grieve, you who are rejected, Jesus says. Blessed not so much in the sense of being happy, blessed in the sense of being in step with God. Blessed are you who are poor, those who know their need of God, who depend on God, who want to make it about God and others rather than making it all about themselves. Blessed are you who are hungry now, those who yearn and struggle and cry out for a fairer, more caring and more welcoming world. Blessed are you who weep now, whose hearts are broken by kids living on the street, women being abused, refugees being bombed out of their homes. Blessed are you who are ridiculed, sneered at, fired for standing up for what is just and true and loving. Blessed are you who are poor, you who are hungry, you who grieve, you who are rejected. You may not look blessed in the, God's, in the world's eyes, Jesus says, but know that as you entrust your life to God, as you embrace God's values, as you learn to lean on God to get through the worst that life can throw at you, God blesses you. Some ways, it's probably just as well Jesus wasn't running in any election. It's hardly a platform, a manifesto, a game plan for life under his leadership that would have seen him win and struck the corridors of power. Neither in his day nor an ounce. No matter to Jesus, he cares too much for us to want to be popular. Communion, community, ministry. Three movements to embrace in the midst of protests, and power grabs and pandemics.
communion, community, ministry. Jesus spends time alone with God. Then he gathers around him a crowd of followers, just like you and me. And then he partners with them, partners with us, to proclaim and build a way of being together where we know in the depths of our being that we are loved, that we have value, and that there's a place for everyone, and I mean everyone, at God's table. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.